This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, guys. Happy Friday, and welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. Today's episode is pretty impromptu, kind of like last week's. Um, I've just been feeling really inspired. I pre-record a lot of my episodes, but lately I've just been feeling really inspired. I feel like change of seasons for me always like trigger something, and usually it's good. Um, just kind of like a rebirth of energy. So <laughs> I've been feeling a lot of things and wanting to share them with you guys. So today's episode actually comes from, I feel like in last season... I talked a bit about wanting to shift my business a little bit. Um, and my computer fan is having like a meltdown. I don't know what's going on. It's running really hot. So I apologize if you guys can hear that in the background. But yeah, so I've always done, you know, traditional social media management. And I've recently been, you know, last year I said, you know what, I want to start doing a little bit more creative work because, well, there's a lot of reasons for that. Maybe I'll talk about that in a future episode. Totally why I wanted to shift. But um, I'll be honest with you, you know, I was hesitant about doing true creative work. Not, not to say that social media management isn't creative, but like when I say creative, I mean video editing and audio editing, um, things like that. I was hesitant to do that because that's what I was trained in, uh, in school. And that's what I love. I love video. I'm passionate about video. Film, cinema was the first thing I was ever truly passionate about really in my life besides music, I guess, but I just wasn't good at music. So no one would pay me to do that. But, um, so yeah, it was pretty hesitant to like monetize that fully, even though I do monetize it on my YouTube channel, but I have total creative control over my YouTube channel. So anyway, that was a very long winded way of saying this episode is going to be all about kind of the challenges that come with creative work more specifically, the challenges that come with accepting feedback and criticism on your creative work. Welcome to the Freelance Friday podcast. My name is Latasha James and I'm your host. This podcast is a deep dive into the challenging, exciting, and oh so rewarding world of freelancing. From tips and advice to interviews with the people who are doing it right, this show is for anyone looking to get their hands a little bit dirty and make monetizing their passion a reality. Let's get started. So like I said, I went to school for film. Uh, Film, video, and media studies is my degree. And so it's a little bit of kind of like a hybrid degree. I didn't go to, you know, film school per se, like Columbia Film School, where I, my goal was to become a director, but I did learn how to do kind of all types of film and video production. So nonfiction, fiction, um, newsroom stuff, um, and then being on camera as well. I obviously acted in like all of my, my, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not students, fellow students, I guess, in their projects. And then I also did a lot of broadcasts. That's actually what I wanted to do with my life was be a TV uh, news presenter, change my mind. 
like my junior or senior year. So I did a lot of my on-camera and newsroom work as well. And so yeah, so I have actually been studying film since I was, I think I was 16 or 17 when I took my first film class. I was able to take it through high school, but it was like off campus. It was a really cool uh, program that my school offered. It's called Education for the Arts. And so yeah, like I said, that's something that I've been really passionate about. And I did want to do it, I guess. Like, I don't know. When I was going to school in high school and college, it's not necessarily that I wanted to like make films. Like I said, I kind of was like, you know what, I'm going to be a news anchor because that combines some of my best qualities and my learnings and all of that. But I was really passionate about actually creating films. I just, I never knew that I would want to do it for a job because I was so passionate about that. And I think if you're anybody listening to this, who's not like who doesn't really do creative work or anything, you probably don't understand that. You're like, that sounds like the dream to do something that you love. But when you're so crazy passionate about something, it's almost like you want to protect that sacred space. It's kind of how I feel about relationships sometimes even. I, you know, you know, I don't really share a lot about my relationship online. And just because I don't share it doesn't mean it's not there. In fact, it's almost the opposite. I almost feel like sometimes the things that I don't share are like the most sacred and important to me. Um, and I, so I hold them very close. So yeah, I, I, I love creating films. I do YouTube and all that stuff. I also have like the whole imposter syndrome thing. So that's a whole other topic as well. Let me know if you guys would want an episode on that, but I totally think I suck. I think I'm the worst editor ever, even though I love editing and I've been editing for over a decade now. I feel like I'm terrible at it. Um, and you know, whatever. Um, I never saw myself being like a working in Hollywood that never appealed to me, but I realized, I guess, by doing YouTube and by being in social media management for so long that I do have some real skills that are very attractive to people, to clients. And, you know, I started getting requests for like, hey, can you send XYZ over to an editor or can can you do this really quick? And I would do it and people would be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I'm like, it literally like wasn't anything like you, you, you haven't even seen me start yet. Um, and so I started to realize like, oh my gosh, okay, this is really fun. Who in the world nowadays gets to use their college degree? Like what? Use my degree? Are you kidding me? And uh, you know, it's something that I love to do. I have all the equipment for, and you know, why don't I just like start doing this? So I have been doing a lot more video projects lately and I've, for the most part, been really, really loving it and been really I don't know. Like, I almost feel like, again, like I said in the beginning of this episode, like a rebirth of sorts. Like, I feel like I'm remembering what I loved about going to school and like what I wanted my life to look like. Like, I think for a while I got caught up in just, I was successful doing one kind of job. And so I was like, okay, like, this is what I am now, a social media manager. But like, thinking back to it, like, that's never what I necessarily wanted to do. Um, it's not to say that I don't love it and it's not to say that I don't still do it and that I won't still do it. It's just, it kind of brings you back to your roots, I guess. And I've been noticing I'm even watching movies differently and like Norris and I are having great conversations about film and um, art again. Like I, I didn't do that for so long. I like forgot what that felt like to be inspired and yeah, so it's been really good overall. But uh, like I said, let me get to the point. <laughs> You know, the point of this episode is to talk about the criticism because that is something that is very real 
when you're monetizing your creative work. And this would apply to anything, you know, visual, like illustrations, writing for sure. Um, any, anything for the most part. So I'll be honest, you know, I'm a creative and I have a bit of an ego, uh, not in like the traditional sense of like, Oh, I think I'm so pretty or anything like that. Or I think I'm better than anyone, but like you have a creative ego and I think any creative has it. Um, I think that's just part of the mark of a true creative, honestly, is, you know, you think your work is great. You think it's weird though, because I say that, but then I also say I have imposter syndrome and I think I suck, but I think it's like this balance for sure of like, you maybe want your work to be good, but you can never get it to be what it is going to be in your head. I don't know if that makes sense. It's a fine line of a little balance of ego and imposter for me, for sure. But yeah, I definitely can be a bit stubborn. Um, again, not in real life, I don't think, and not in like work that I I'm not super passionate about like if I'm in a traditional office and somebody's like oh like you need to type this document a different way like make the line spacing different or separate these bullets a different way I'm gonna be like okay cool like I do not care at all like I'm not that's not hurting my soul like I don't know I'm really not that experienced with like documents and like word docs I don't know so sure tell me what to do but I think that when it comes to something where I have a little bit of authority in and, you know, I paid a lot of money for that piece of paper that says I know about film and video. So I think that's where I get a little bit defensive, I guess you could say. And it's something that I think, especially for those of you listening who are like starting a side hustle, starting a business, changing your niche or changing your services offering, this is something that you might struggle with if you're not used to getting this kind of feedback and criticism. So in case you're not familiar with how, you know, film school or any type of creative schooling works, at least for mine, in all of my production classes, we would, you know, get assigned a project. We'd get signed like, I don't know, several projects throughout the semester. And every week or every other week or however often our projects were due, we would have a viewing day. So most of my classes were like three days a week. So usually at fr- like every other Friday or every third Friday was a viewing day. And we would watch all of our classmates' projects. That was terrifying for me when I first started school. I actually considered changing my major when I realized that's what would like that's what we had to do. I was like, what? I can't just send you a Google Drive link and you grade it yourself? Um, and not only do you have to watch each other's films but you have to critique each other's films and oh my gosh like I am the most introverted shy insecure I'm deeply insecure like let me just be honest (laughs) um person and that was really really hard for me but it made me so much more creative it made me such a better artist it made me so much more um, understanding and so much, such a better coworker and colleague in my career. So that was extremely helpful. And I, I know that not everybody has experienced something like that and it can be really scary. Um, and really a bit of a shock when you work, get into the workplace or, you know, accept your first client and you have some kind of criticism like that. It can be crazy. It was even for me, like I said, I kind of took a break between doing production work and I was just doing production obviously for my own channel and that's it. 
And you don't really get too much, like, criticism when it comes to social media. Again, somebody might be like, oh, I don't like the way that you worded this. But, like, again, that doesn't offend me. I don't know why. I just, like, okay, cool. I got the tone wrong. Like, let me switch it up. But when it comes to something that you created, you drafted, you spent all this time doing, it is, it can be heartbreaking. So these are kind of the three things that I recommend, um... If you're in a similar situation. So the first thing really is just to listen. I know it's hard, but I have been challenged more as a creative in this past six months or so that I started doing creative work again than I have in my whole past two years of working, to be honest. And yeah, sometimes I've been like, I don't think I agree with that on surface level. Like upon first reading, Uh, feedback, I'd be like, I don't agree with that. This is dumb. Why do they want me to do that? And then I start doing it and I see like, okay, that makes sense. And it's been cool because it's been translating over to my own work. I'm noticing that I'm doing things now that are um, working better. My own videos or my own podcast or my own Instagram or whatever that, um, you know, was was a, a change suggested to me by a client. So just listen to them. The cool thing about, you know, getting feedback from somebody who isn't in this world, like in the video world or in the social media world or whatever, is they have, they're thinking about their businesses. You know, if they're your client, they're thinking about their business goals. Sometimes as creatives, we have a hard time with that because we want things to be art. You know, we want things to be beautiful. We want things to be entertaining and fun or whatever our goal is. But, you know, we're usually thinking about the business side of things second. I think that working so long in the corporate world and things like that helped me for sure, like, understand a little bit of both. But I definitely still am a creative at heart. Like, I want things to look nice and all that. So listening to somebody, you know, listening to a client who is concerned about the money at the end of the day, they're, they're concerned about conversions. It'll help you to understand like, okay, they're asking me to do this because it's going to convert better. So let me just try it. And you know, while I'm at it, let me try it on my own channel too and see what happens. And I think a lot of times you'll be surprised. I mean, I know I've been surprised a lot of times at what resonates with people, you know, even just things as simple as like font or, um, you know, timing or just all kinds of things like that. So listen, for sure. With that said, don't listen blindly and don't do something that is like going to take you 10 zillion hours just to please somebody when it's not going to make a big difference. Now, obviously this is up to you and, you know, your client to decide like what is really a necessary change, but I've had to be careful with the number of revisions that I'm doing and all of that kind of thing because it can be very, very time consuming. When I told one of my clients, I think it was like a 10 minute video that I created for them. When I told them that it took me over 20 hours, they were like, what? We had no idea. And I'm not saying that you should use that, uh, you know, do, you got to do the work. Like you got to hustle. Like it doesn't really, nobody cares at the end of the day, how much time you're spending on something. They just care that it's getting done. So I try not to like hide behind excuses or anything like that, but I do try to tell them in a way that's educational for them because is that a good use of my resources and my time? Like, do you really need me to like fix this one tiny thing, which I don't really even think is like, I, I feel differently about um, just to say that I did it. Um, so educate them on the process to an extent, obviously, like you don't need to like 
show them you editing or anything like that. But I do try to give a breakdown of what exactly I'm doing, what my value is, you know, and just how long things are taking me and uh, kind of my process as well. Sometimes a lot of people don't understand the process too. Like if I have to, I don't know, captions, for example, that takes a really long time to do manually. So maybe they don't know that and maybe they'll just offer to outsource it for you or maybe they will ask for revisions before you do the captions so you're not going back and doing captions twice. Like just explaining different processes and workflows can help you and them out a ton because a lot of times, you know, I always say this, people don't know what they don't know. Like they might not know that it's a big ask for you to completely re-export five videos that takes a long time (laughs) like even on my computers which are relatively new and very fast I mean that that's at least an hour of me sitting there staring at my computer and then I have to like send it over to them and so they don't know that you know so educate in a way that isn't blamey and isn't whiny but just hey, this does take a long time, so maybe moving forward we can do X, Y, Z instead. Like, come up with a solution that might work better. And then also educate about, you know, what you have your training or experience or degree in. Like, I studied video, and that's not to say that I know everything. Absolutely not. But I do, like, I I didn't pay all that money for nothing. Like, I do know about certain camera techniques and angles and what resonates with people and like why things are done a certain way like why I don't want to you know break certain film rules or video rules or whatever that they just don't know so it is important to demonstrate your expertise like that's part of the reason you're getting paid not only you know at least in my experience like I'm not just there to be an editor I think that's different being just an editor versus being like a video marketing consultant which is kind of more of what I would consider myself is I'm there to consult and guide your strategy as well as kind of do the work. So if you're just getting paid to do exactly what somebody wants you to do, I guess that's different. But I also think like working in a creative field, that's kind of part of your job. Like I would hate for you to just do whatever somebody says because you have the expertise, you have the experience, um, and you you know best, honestly. I mean, not about everything. Like I said, you got to listen. It's balanced. But, but you know, it's, it's, a, it's a balance for sure. So be sure to educate on things and just explain why you did things a certain way. A lot of times that's all it takes. Like, hey, you know, I didn't like that color. And then I say, well, this is why, because it's a complimentary color to XYZ or it's a part of your brand story or, you know, these are your brand colors or whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. And then they move on. Like sometimes a lot of people just want an explanation, you know, once you explain it and explain it in a way that's understandable for them, it's golden. You're good. And then, you know, lastly, with that said, you really do need to protect your creative health as well. And this is just so millennial of me to say, like such a self-care millennial, like, you know, I, I feel like I'm not like that. I feel like I'm such a workhorse. But at the end of the day, you do, you have to protect your creative health. And what I mean by that is if somebody's asking you to do something that you hate, maybe that's not the right project for you. If, you know, somebody is constantly undermining you and, um, you know, just not listening to you, not taking your feedback, not, you know, listening to you at all, that's not a good environment and that defeats the purpose of what you're doing. 
And going back, you know, full circle here, that's why I was afraid to do this. That's why I didn't want to do this because editing for me for so many years, years of doing YouTube and years of making film projects for school was my therapy. I, it's so funny because people always ask me, you know, how do you do YouTube? And you're so consistent. You do at least one video a week. Sometimes you've done one video a day at times. How do you do that? In addition to all of the other zillion things that you do, all your client work and your friendships and your relationships and all that stuff. And my answer is very simple. It's because I love it. It's like the equivalent of eating an ice cream cone at the end of the night or like watching a reality show at the end of the night or reading a book. Like it's not work. You know, I don't look at you if you say you read a book last night and be like, oh my gosh, how do you have time for that? Like that's, that's a fun, relaxing way for you to enjoy your night after working. That's what editing is for me. It's fun. It's a way to pass the time. It's, it's just fun. It's an outlet for me. And so I was always just so afraid of like letting money into that because it is, it's, it's a challenge. I think it's a challenge for anyone who does creative work. Like it sounds like the dream to get paid to do what you love until you actually do it and money gets in the way of things and you start doing it because you have to and not because you love it. And that's one of the reasons I don't take a ton of YouTube sponsorships on my channel is because it does, it take it sucks the fun out of it to some extent, you know, unless you're super, super excited. But even then, even if I'm super excited about like a YouTube sponsor, which honestly I always am, I'm, I only do things that I'm excited about, it still puts this pressure on it because you know these other eyes are going to be on it. You know people are going to be sitting in boardrooms, projecting your video up on a slide deck, breaking down the metrics, not caring about how it made you feel. And I get it. That's business. I do that. I do that. But it's hard. It's really hard. And so, yeah, that was, you know, the reason that I was afraid to start doing creative work as a hustle, you know, as part of my hustle, because it does. It's just like opening up your favorite thing in the world and and putting a price tag on it. And it can be really tough. But, you know, this is why I do projects like the podcast and like my YouTube channel, because even if I am doing video work for, for clients, I still have this, which is mine. Like nobody has any ownership of this besides me. I don't have sponsors on this podcast, uh, very often, you know, this is mine. I do whatever I want. (laughs) I can go as crazy with it as I want, be as fun, whatever. Same with my videos. And so I think that's one thing that I would recommend is, you know, if you are struggling with your creative health and you are feeling like everything is just getting sucked out of you, like all of your creativity, start a side project, you know, start something that's just yours. And you guys are just going to think that I am just ridiculous, but I'm actually considering starting a second podcast that's honestly for fun. Because even this, like, yeah, it's for fun. I love doing it, but it's about business. I really want to start a podcast that's just, well, you guys will see. Just stay tuned and we'll see if it actually happens. But, you know, I do want to start something like that, even if it's just an Instagram account or a fun private Twitter or something like that that's just for fun, where I can do, like, fun, cool, creative things on it. And it, like, has no pressure, you know? So do something like that. Start a blog, start a YouTube channel, um, and try to get your creativity out that way and just get inspired again that way. But like going back to what I was originally saying, um, before I got sidetracked, you know, if it's, if it's something that you're just like, this is so just does not make sense. I'm not passionate about this. I don't, understand what they're asking me. This makes no sense. They're not listening to me at all. Don't do it. And I know that's like, 
that's never what I want to tell people because I get it. Like getting clients is hard. Keeping clients is hard. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to put food on the table. I get it. But you know, at the end of the day, that's one of the great things about freelancing is that you get to choose your projects. You get to choose what you're working on and there's always going to be another client. I know, oh my gosh, like the times that I've had to, you know, part ways with clients, which have always been, you know, positive. Like it's never been me throwing my, you know, computer on the desk and running out the door, like no dramatics. But whenever I have, I've always been terrified. And like, I'm not even kidding, like a week later, something amazing has come up. And I know that's a very like hippy dippy, like you manifest it and all that stuff. And I really am not, you know, no, no offense if you are into that, but I'm, I'm not, I'm a little bit more of like a, what's the word, a realist, I guess. So yeah, I don't want to be all like, oh, just manifest it and it'll come. But kind of, you know, like kind of like you have, you have to, it's funny because when you do have clients, full-time clients in your book, you do kind of put your blinders on to opportunities too. And I think actually that's how this like video work started for me is I did get rid of a long-term client that, you know, they were, you know, just to be candid, they were paying me a lot of money. I didn't have to think about anything else. And, um, so I just kind of went through the motions of like, okay, well, I guess I'm this, you know, this is my job title, even though that was never what I wanted to necessarily do. And then once I lost them, not lost them, I left them, we parted ways, whatever you want to say. Once that happened, I was like, okay, you know, I have some free time. Maybe I'll like start investigating some other opportunities and creating some new opportunities. So it is funny how you do sort of put your blinders on to things that have always been there. Because it's not like I gained any skills. In fact, we could argue I lost some skills because like I had been out of school longer and less fresh, you know, with the knowledge and the experience. But anyway, all I'm trying to say is it's always scary to leave a client. And I'm not suggesting that you just leave a client because you get one bad piece of feedback. But if it's like a persistent thing that's just eating away at your creative health, then yeah, maybe consider, you know, not resigning your contract or um, you know, obviously you have to get the job done. Don't ever just like storm out with a video not finished, but yeah, just, just think about those things. Cause it is important doing creative work to stay inspired and to constantly have new ideas and, and to love it. Like I, I can tell a video where I was like, oh my gosh, I just need to get this up. You know, I haven't posted a video in a while versus a video where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just like, I watched this five times before I even uploaded it to YouTube. Um, and that's the best feeling. And you don't care what the results are. You just, you, you know, it's going to be good because you put so much heart and passion into it. And it's the exact same for client work. So you're not always going to be thrilled about the topic, like especially, you know, clients range in all types of industries and things. It might be something like kind of less than amazing. Like, I don't know, something really, I can't really think of an example, but like a mortician. I don't know why that was the thing that came into my mind, but yeah, maybe you, you're doing a video for a mortician or well, I don't think they really advertise a funeral home or, you know, something a little not that exciting or, or sexy, if you will, but you can still be inspired and, and really proud of like the work that's being done. It might not be so much the topic, but maybe you did a cool camera angle or you tried out a new, you know, transition or something like that. So yeah, that's kind of what I have to say about that. You know, I think just be open to feedback. Um, try to educate your clients on things, on why you do things the way you do and, you know, how much of your resources are being taken up and all of that. And 
and just be inspired. Continue to be inspired by other things and make sure that you're not being completely drained. Uh, protect that creative health. It's important. So that's all I have to say. I hope that this uh, episode was helpful. It's something that I've been grappling with a little bit. And, you know, like I said, for the most part, everything's been going really well. But there are a couple times where I'm like, oh my gosh, like they didn't like this. I, I worked so hard on this. What the heck? And I have to kind of just bring myself back down to earth and be like, first of all, Latasha, you dealt with this every other week for four years of college. You can deal with this. Um, and also just, you know, take a step back and listen to what they're saying. And it's honestly, a lot of the times it's been right. Like I, I I walk away from it being like, okay, like that was a good decision. Sometimes I don't, sometimes it's the opposite, but I just kind of suck it up. Um, if it's not something worth fighting for, you know, you got to pick your battles. Not everything is like soul crushing and earth shattering. Sometimes it's just easier. They're paying for it. So just do it. But something you feel strongly about know when to speak up and and uh, explain your point of view so thank you so much for listening to this episode please do make sure to rate and review the podcast on itunes you can just scroll down on itunes and um, click on the stars yeah it really helped me out it helps people discover the show and um all of that fun stuff i also need to get back to reading my reviews on air which i haven't recently but i will hopefully the next episode i will do that And yeah, I think that's really all I have to say today. I enjoyed chatting with you, (laughs) chatting to you, and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. Rating this podcast is a huge help, and you can also tweet me at A Journey East with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. 